Hello everybody, this is the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Vern Value. And uh, every week we come to you with our thoughts about the Value Line's current uh, edition. Tell them who of, we are, uh, Vern. Right, What's that? Tell them who we are. Uh, listen, we're 25-year Wall Street veterans who uh, travel around the globe trying to find information about stocks. And in our careers, we pass it on to our institutional clients. Here, we kick it around in the weekends. We're drinking. We pass it on to you. We've been doing this about 25 years, and you get in on it. Uh, we're going to tonight do the uh, March 16th edition of the Value Line Investment Survey, but we've got some serious logistic issues in that uh, one of us is uh, traveling. Uh, in, in distant lands, as often happens with us. And uh, so uh, our technology is not that good, and we can't even really hear each other. Isn't that right? Can you hear me? Yeah, barely. Yeah. So I know we've got the levels here. Listeners, you can hear us, but we can't hear each other. So um, if you really want to hear the, the great Wall Street banter that we have, listen to last week's show. Okay, that's probably better. But tonight we're going to look through, um, you know, this week's edition. I took some specialty chemicals, just a couple of them. One of them we've talked about before, and I own a couple of them. And uh, I'll be on at the back half with H.B. Fuller, Arch Chemicals, Sherwin-Williams, you know about the paint guys, and Avery Dennison, which makes little sticky labels, among other things. But first, let me introduce, he's thousands of miles away from me. Uh, right now, and I from him. So we're bringing this to you with a little bit of technology, but uh, with a lot of fanfare. Vern Value, Vern. Why, why thank you for uh, such stirring words. My pleasure. Uh, by way of introduction. I really appreciate that. That's nothing um, said. I, no, you no. know, I don't remember you inviting people to um, visit our website. Uh, I didn't. At the value I'm sleepy. You know, Did I you? probably forgot a lot of stuff. I, you know, I... I could be forgetting things, too, and very we quickly. Always do. But, uh, we always I do. I tell you what I'm going to do, um, given our uh, logistical challenges um, and, you know, the nature of the stocks in this week's issue, I thought I'd, what I'd do is we'll do, a little, uh, we'll do a little update on a couple of the best Let me quickly, uh, though, Vern, I, you know, I, I, what? I just realized I forgot a couple of key disclosures, which oh. we need to do according to uh, a friend of mine. Uh, and that is that this is for entertainment purposes only. Oh, yeah. And uh, this is not in any way real advice whatsoever. Uh, we're just uh, having a couple of drinks. Although it's the same institutional advice we give during the week, but we're, you know, we're drinking, so whatever. It's, it's what a matter of pride. We're trying to pick winners. We are trying to pick winners. We're competitive. And most of the time we own... Uh, own the stocks we talk about. I have to say this week I don't own any of these, but I'm looking at all of them uh, for purchase. And uh, and so uh, with that disclosure, uh, let me uh, turn. And, we, and I guess we also should say that uh, uh, we're not uh, affiliated with Value Line in any way, other than we've been customers for a long time. Uh, so anyway, Vern. Oh, well, I'm glad you uh, glad you made those clarifications sure. and. Uh... You knew most um, of that already. Right. You know, I, 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 I don't know if uh, all of our listeners appreciate that a lot of what we've done throughout our career has really served as idea generators, and that's part of what we're, um, that's part, I think that's part of what we're trying to accomplish here. You shouldn't be uh, 
you shouldn't be buying any of these stocks that we're recommending without doing a, a lot of yeah, homework on your own. Go do some but, thorough uh, research on your uh, own, and of course, maybe you'll, often... you'll come up with an idea that um, that works out for you. So, anyway, I'm, I, I thought I'd do a take advantage of uh, an update on uh, what I think are two of the better uh, commodity stories, um, uh, and both of them uh, really in America of all places because there's so much action going on um, throughout the rest of the world, basically in terms of uh, you know, mining and pumping uh, resources out of Mother Earth. And uh, um, so one of those would, of course, be the uh, Alp. And we've talked about these in the past, so the, can consider this an update. We're, um, um, you know, first uh, the Alberta um, oil sands, tar sands, the Athabasca tar sands. Um, this is the uh, giant deposit of oil basically just embedded in the, uh, the dirt in the soil uh, in Alberta that they're um, – that they're harvesting two different ways, either by strip mining it um, and then processing it. They basically take the dirt and inject a bunch of water and uh, kind of cook the oil uh, bitumen product out of it. Or they, uh, variation of that, um, actually they inject um, steam deep into the earth and use a collection system then to uh, harvest the uh, harvest the uh, oil as it's or the bitumen as it's, uh, I guess, Displaced by the steam or something like that. Anyway, call it in situ, and um, a lot this of good uh, material, literally of dollars uh, going in uh, in in on an annual basis there me. in terms of investment. So first thing I thought I'd well, and we've talked about this before. There's really um, two direct plays on this, well, this and one of those one is of the uh, largest. Global? I think the largest producer up there, or it's one of the two largest up there. Suncor Energy trades on the Toronto Exchange under the symbol SU. So you can look it up, uh, for example, on Yahoo, you can look up the stock uh, as SU.TO, TO for the Toronto Exchange. This is a $37 billion market cap uh, company, fifth largest crude oil and natural gas liquids producer, and the tenth largest natural gas producer in Canada. Okay, uh, And they are, uh, um, in terms of Contribution to their top line development of uh, the Alberta tar sands is uh, the most important uh, swing factor, if you will, growth initiative there. Um, Value line um, kind of uh, discounts the fact that they're talking about uh, increasing annual output by 15% in the tar sands by 2010, but that's 5% a year on a volume basis. That sounds pretty good to me. Um, you know, I recognize you face some oil price risk here, but uh, uh, this is the this is the way to this is the play it. So I'm going to come back to this in a second. But you know, it's at um, $81, 18.7 times earnings, basically a market multiple. I'm not sure if that's cheap or not. So I thought what I'd do first is sort of uh, you know establish what the relevant range of valuations might be for a high quality play. Uh, there's a company called Trans. Canada trade from the New York under TRP. This is the uh, largest natural gas pipeline operator in Canada. Uh, trades at an 18.3 multiple market multiple, basically at around $32. Value line rates at three. Um, they've been growing through acquisitions and internal investment, apparently. Um, but recently, got to be careful the value line numbers. They recently issued some uh, some convertible. Um, they're called subscription receipts. If it's a one-for-one -one conversion, I'm not sure if it is, so check that. Uh, it looks like it could be something like 8% dilutive. So maybe this thing is trading at 
something like a 10% premium to the market relative uh, instead of uh, just a market multiple uh, with a very hefty yield of 3.6%. So that sounds pretty good. You know, high quality, that's what you're looking at. Um, how about a buyout? Shell Canada, which actually is uh, developing uh, a, a property in the tar sands as well, uh, bought by its uh, erstwhile parent, Royal Dutch Shell, that already owned three quarters of the business. They're going to buy it at 45. Everybody's shaking hands, agreed that that was a good idea. They owned three quarters of it in the first place. Uh, but anyway, the point is that at $45, it's about a 25% premium to the market. Um, so there's, I guess, an idea of what a uh, pretty high-quality uh, uh, portfolio, I believe, might be worth in a uh, buyout. I, you know, honestly, just, you know, uh, shooting from the hip, looks like uh, shareholders here, you know, probably didn't get the best deal that they might have gotten if uh, if there'd been a, a more liquid market for their investment. So there's a warning about buying something where you own a tiny little stub. And uh, so the buyout, 25% premium, high quality, market multiple, what trades at a discount, Imperial Oil trades on the American IMO, uh, diversified holdings. They own 25% of crude, which is in Alberta, but, I mean, part of the stand, but, I mean, that's like the worst of uh, both worlds or whatever. You, uh, I mean, you have your, you have an investment there, but you, you don't really get anything out of it. Um, you don't have the ability to control it. Um, in any event, um, they've been buying back stock because they apparently have uh, uh, so few opportunities to reinvest uh, their capital. Um, I guess the advantage of how cheap it is. This you know, one trades at about ten say, times growth and cash flow. 14 times Can you hear me free cash flow, also about 14 I don't know times anything about e multiple. So low quality, 25% discount to market. So there's your band, plus or minus 25% yeah. of the market. So then what do I have to pay? I don't know. Can you hear me? Uh, well, one is um, I can play with Canadian Natural Resources. This trades on the Toronto Exchange. Evernu, yeah. Okay, I'm just checking. I've uh, been talking and you're not hearing me. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no what it's were you just the, it's the problem that we're having here, the technology. I apologize. Go ahead, though. This is fascinating. Okay. You know, uh, I wish, I, wish I, I had, I just want to mention when I hear you talk about this, the most I learned about it was from a great, and I think you saw this, a great National Geographic article a year or two ago. They went into it in some detail with a lot of great photography about what's going on up there. Evidently, Canada, and you'd know more about this, Canada has... Uh, what, ten times the reserves of Saudi Arabia in terms of, uh, you know, a BTU or energy? No, I, just, I don't think it, the multiple's that big. But, but it's, uh, it's, it's more uh, than they have. I think it may be. In the of oil equivalents, they have the second largest proven reserves in the world after Saudi Arabia. Second largest, okay. Okay, but uh, it's just another reason to uh, love Canada, I think. Well, there's a there's a tremendous uh, and we we oh and, and and love them, don't we? Um, they're so cute, uh, and well, they no, have a I lot do. of furry little I, animals. I'm not up joking there too. around. What? Am I? I'm sorry. I'm not joking about the Canadians. Am I? I mean, it's uh, it's it's wonderful there. I I I, I don't you think like anybody took anything the wrong way. I've been to Niagara Falls on both sides, and I've been to Montreal. Hey, I got news for you. I've been to. Uh, I think I'm only missing a couple of provinces at this point. I've been all over. Really? Canada. I love their country. It's uh, it's almost like a, our biggest natural park. 
Exactly. National Park. Exactly. Yeah. Well put. Okay. Anyway. Um, so anyway, so so Canadian National Resource, thirty-two billion market cap. So this is a substantial company. Uh, they have principal regional operations in Western Canada. That's and they have, they are uh, developed the uh, the biggest new development in the oil sands right now. The New Horizon. Uh, Project, which according to Value Line, slightly ahead of schedule. I say that's probably good propaganda uh, from CNR or CNQ. I guess the symbol is. Uh, they also have. Um, they apparently have something in the UK sector of the North Sea. Well, that could be an issue because they're running out of anything to pump out of the ground there. But um, I, I think really this is a story driven by what they have going on in the tar sands. Um, but the point is that they're only two thirds of the way through this giant new uh, 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 development, the total cost of phase one, according to Value Line, $6.8 billion. I don't know if that's U.S. or Canadian, but either one, it's a lot that's of, a lot of uh, money. Well, it's a lot of moolah. Um, and this is going to bring capacity, first capacity, or first production from, these, uh, from this capacity in 2009. So a lot of risk here, a lot of execution risk still. Obviously, no execution risk specifically reflected in the stock price because the company's done a good job of marketing uh, the fact that they're, you know, quote unquote, at a schedule. Um, but yeah. it's showing up in the numbers. Cash flow per share eight and a half, nine dollars oh seven oh eight. Capital spending per share eleven and a half, and ten twenty. In both cases, at least a dollar more than cash flow. And out in the, um, you know, that uh, hard-to-define future period, uh, three to five, nine, seven, 14 years out, um, value line says that they'll be generating 60 cents of free cash flow. The stock recently 59. Just not, you know, it's just you, you can't buy that, okay? So a great story. So that really it brings us back to where I started, the Suncor. So Suncor is the name that I want to own. And the question is, can I buy it here? And I'll tell you as I find it. Oh, here it is. Um, let's see. 18.7 times earnings, a market multiple, around 80 bucks. Stock traded 90 earlier this year, above 100 last year. So it's gotten a richer valuation in the past. But at 18 times earnings, I mean, there is some history, late 90s, and then uh, three, four years ago, uh, trading 15 times or below. So it can get cheaper. Um, they apparently, tough start to 07, a fire in their oil sands upgrader in Alberta, one month uh, reduction in output, uh, and that's why cash flow is forecast to increase, I'm sorry, decrease, oh, what, like 1% in 2007, and um, per share by 15 to 3%. So value lines forecasting a decline because they had a non recurring event at their most important property. Um, I, you know, I, I think that's probably a look-through. So if earnings are really about 10% higher, 8% higher, um, that drives my PE, my PE ratio on a more normalized number, given what oil prices are right now, uh, closer to something like 17. So I've got a little bit of a discount to the market. Um, if I normalize recent results, can that still do it for me? Um, I, you know, I, I just don't see how. Not when I've got... Or, or five points of multiple risk. With earnings per share running around $5, that could take me down hmm, 25 bucks or something. So, uh, you know, mark this one on your system, S-U-T-O. You want to buy this. You want to buy it when it breaks down because they've had some kind of major problem in uh, 
capacity expansion up there. Um, okay, enough about the tar sands, you know, given that I don't have a great idea to buy right now. I do, on the other hand, have something to recommend in the U.S. coal sector. Really? Uh, which is the other great story, and this is okay. basically that after years and years of me? there being way too much capacity in the industry, uh, we've got a much better supply-demand balance in terms of the long-run picture. And we've got a lot of new coal-fired capacity uh, either under construction or about to begin construction. Well, coal has It'll a come on strength in the next few years and uh, accelerate for a here. period of time uh, what is you know, traditionally a very slow growth market uh, at a time when capacity is fairly tight. Uh, now, in the short term, what's happened is that uh, uh, a lot of enthusiasm uh, sparked by price run-up in the coal markets in 2004 and 5. Um, which allowed you know a lot of the big producers to contract at much better prices than they'd seen in years. Um, it, we ultimately uh, the stocks uh, got ahead of themselves. Uh, they've come back because the uh, production across the industry also got ahead of itself uh, it, after a wild a mild winter, uh, not this year, 2006 to 2007, but rather 05 to 06. So. Started to see some excess inventory emerge last spring. This may be old news to some of you. Uh, the industry responded by cutting production around the middle of last year, and it really these stocks got pounded between, oh, I think it, probably it was like late April last year uh, and the end of the year, really, and uh, have looked you know, much more interesting. And for those of you, that's why I spend time on Suncor in the Alberta tar sands, because something's going to happen there and give you an opportunity to buy that high-quality name as well. So here's, uh, here's the two that I like out of the coal industry that Value Line has for us to, uh, to consider. Uh, first, uh, well, they're Peabody and Consol. Uh, Peabody is symbol as BEU. Value Line rates at a 4 because the stocks come down hard, peaked at 76 last year, recently trading under 38. Consol, symbol is CNX. This one peaked at above 49 last year currently around $36. They've come down, you know, pretty huge. 15% um, upside to this week's high. Okay, so Peabody's 15% off of its high of this year alone, okay. Uh, this is the, uh, the high-quality producer, if you will. They have substantial operations in the uh, Powder River Basin, but they also have some exposure to underground um, uh, production in Appalachia, and there's some interesting and positive fundamental developments in that market as well. Again, on a long-term basis, but short-term, that's where uh, that's where the uh, the uh, uh, the correction in uh, industry production rates is occurring and needs to occur to take a little extra inventory that's built up over the last year out of the system and provide a floor for prices. And prices, if I think if you check, you'll see that coal uh, spot prices have perked up a little bit recently. Um, and, I, and there's some more optimism in the market, I think, that uh, you know, with a return to just a normal uh, summer across the U.S., uh, you could probably get industry inventories you know, in pretty good shape by midsummer uh, and maybe spark a rally in coal prices and, uh, Burn, uh, and help all these stocks ultimately again. Can you hear Peabody, me? the high-quality, um, you know, large cap, what is this, 10 billion market cap, 16 Burn. times free cash flow, but if you look out, with an acquisition they recently made in Australia, Valuelline saying three to five years out that they're going to have four and a half, five dollars of free cash flow. Stock recently thirty-eight. That's eight times that long-term number. I think you can discount that back. 
There are some risk factors including the update on the coal industry, right? Issue one. Fine. What does it mean when... What? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. What do you what do you want? I just was curious as to where the fun part of the story is. Val. I can't hear you now, Val. What happened to you? Uh, is there a fun part of your story? Oh, there you are. Is there, I'm sorry, a fun part of my fun story? Fun part, right. Uh, a fun part. I don't think there's a fun part of my story. Okay. Well, we're 20 minutes into the show. Ah, okay. Well, then uh, I'll just wrap it up and say that um, uh, there are a lot of good, uh, you know, long-term positive fundamental developments in uh, North American coal. Um, we think this could be an improving story over the summer. Uh, we think owning a piece of uh, Peabody, which is a higher quality play, and a piece of console has more direct leverage to uh, swing capacity in Appalachia is a good way to do it. Another good way to do it, we've recommended Joy Wolf on the past, J-O-Y-G. So all three, we like all three of these. They're all off uh, big from earlier highs. So that's what I've got. Val, take it away. Okay, great. Well, Vern, that's, that's terrific. You know, I, I could barely hear you through most of that. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. I can hear you fine. Okay, great. Well, uh, this week we had these oil and gas guys and the coal guys, which you've kind of gone into, I guess. I could barely hear you, but I'll listen to the show later. And uh, I think some natural gas and some distributors, which I like using distributors because I think you mitigate some risk. And we've used some of those before. Piedmont goes into the southeast. That's one that I've owned before, but I don't own now. Uh, it did well, and I sold it, so I'd be looking for a pullback. But I always get attracted to this specialty chemical area. And we've had a thesis on these for some time. Uh, uh, we've got the uh, RSS of the show indexed by ticker. If you load it into uh, Internet Explorer, you can pull up these um, uh, these past shows on some of these. And I think i got one or two new ones. But let me just start out with uh, one I think we have talked about in the past. It's worked a little bit, but I think there's some more in it. It's Avery Dennison, A-V-Y. And uh, I don't actually have the page numbers this week. Um, but uh, they're especially a chemical guy. They're a worldwide manufacturer of self-adhesive base materials, labels, tapes, office products, and specialty chemical adhesives. Uh, they have a consumer business that you may be aware of, but they have an important industrial business, uh, which is, uh, I guess, about uh, nearly 60% of their uh, business, office and consumer 21, and then uh, they do business retail information, uh, that's 20. Uh, but the theme here is you've got improving returns, improving margins, they're earning uh, close to 19% on capital, which is pretty darn good. They don't lever a lot, they've got 20% debt to cap. And uh, the right now, they're going to, according to value line here, generate uh, $6.45 a share in cash flow in 07. They've got, uh, which is, it stocks at 10 times that number, which I like. And they've got a little CapEx against that, well, 2 bucks, so it's 15 times free cash flow. And this is a uh, top decile in terms of investment returns for this space. And, um, you know, it's trading at a PE discount to the market. 2.6% yield, 
and they've got some restructuring going on in the text here. Um, you know, according to value line, uh, they've been seeing some price increase, and that's why you're seeing some top-line growth. That is our thesis, that these specialty chemical guys are at a point in the business cycle where they are seeing price increases because their customers, um, you know, are at high... Uh, operating rates and uh, you know shutdowns and breakdowns are expensive, and so uh, you know they get a little better price for all the little things that they do, none of which are very big, and so uh, pennies here and there per pound and and such add up a lot at this time of year and and that, or this time of the cycle, and that seems to be working. They've got some additional cost cuts going on with some restructuring, so margin expansions could continue here, and you might see a 15% operating margin out there, which would be pretty strong for an uh, industrial company, a business service company. And it's at a discount. What else can I say, Avery Dennison? Value line rates at 2, and they upgraded last September. We've been recommending this for a while. It still hasn't performed well relative, all the stocks moving higher. I'd hang in on this one. Uh, Next one uh, is one we've talked about here before, Sherwin-Williams, SHW. Again, I don't know the page number. Apologize. Uh, but uh, this, is this is listed under specialty chemicals. It's actually, as you all probably you know, know, it's a retailer. And uh, they have a lot of stores. According to Value Line here, 3,357 stores around the... North America, so not country. I guess they have some Canadian stores. And their stores sell Sherwin-Williams Paint, Dutch Boy, Pratt & Lambert, Minwax, a couple other brands. And uh, they're earning, you know, 20% returns on capital. They have teeny tiny debt loads, so they're earning just, you know, 20 mid-20s on equity. It could easily be 30%. Stock's been go uh, doing well. We've been recommending this on the value guys, uh, and we still are, or I am, I'll say. 20% uh, discount to the average PE, according to Value Line. You get a little yield here, 2%. A long history of improving returns, share buybacks. In fact, their share count's been going down since 1997. They've bought back, you know, roughly a third of the company over that time. And, uh, you know, this is another one of cash flow, 6 30 next year, stock 64, that's 10 times cash flow. You know, it's a great company. That's a good price. Now, they do spend some CapEx, uh, but it's 12 times free cash flow. And the way I might look about at that is about, what, 8% cash on cash yield and growth. And according to Value Line, these guys are going to grow at about 13% in terms of earnings. So you start to easily get into a mid-20s type of return on Sherwin-Williams, SHW, uh, I'm recommending that. Hey, Vern. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Just jump in. Just jump in with some of these. But at the time of your own choosing, not now. Uh, okay. Arch Chemicals is another one. I'm just taking them all from specialty chemicals this week because the theme of price increases is playing out. And you can get some good companies here at good prices, plus raw material prices are going to go down. Oil prices are going down, not going up. Um, we've talked about this, but they now know how to dig for oil in the deepest parts of the ocean. They're opening up two-thirds of the world to drilling. How are oil prices going to go up? Anyway, so they're going to get some feedstock cost reduction here. 
Arch Chemicals, ARJ. You know, I really don't know much about these guys. Valuline says they're in the water treatment chemicals and performance products chemicals, which seems redundant a little bit. Uh, they also provide semiconductor manufacturers with chemical management services. Now, they don't say what percent of the company is which, but once again, according to Valueline, these guys are in price increases. And uh, that's, I think, apt to continue. Included in their cash flow right now are, uh, are losses at a couple of businesses that are apt to turn around, but I think the point to make would be that even if they don't turn around, you can easily improve your earnings by shutting down money-losing businesses. So if I find a money-losing division and the company's trading at a reasonable multiple, it's found money because the market treats that as an annuity, but you know management can fix it or shut it down. And this is a case with that. They've got a couple of money-losing businesses. Um, and earnings were down this last year, so the street doesn't like that very much. This thing is seven times gross cash flow, nine times free cash flow. That's cheap, and there's, I think, you know, very limited downside. The company's making money. They're earning, uh, you know, low teens returns on capital, but they're showing, you know, seven years of improvement. To me, that suggests there's some smart people involved trying to make this thing work a little better. Margins have been proving a little bit. And returns have been improving more. That tells me that uh, their asset turnover has been good. The, the way they're utilizing capital, it probably means they're adding some important efficiency systems and databases and things like that. Uh, they've got just 13% debt, so you have time to wait. It's a small cap, $700 million. No one covers it, I'm sure. And uh, according to Value Line, they've just uh, begun the construction of a bioside plant in China. Now, this is kind of funny, Vern. Now, you think, oh, water treatment, China, that makes sense. Bioside, that must be a way to kill, you know, germs in water. Biological stuff. Right, but it goes on to say, Arch Chemicals will soon begin construction of a bioside plant in China to meet the growing demand in the anti-dandruff shampoo market. So... <laughs> There's millions dying because of bad water, but these guys are growing due to the uh, the dandruff problem in China. Is but it in a any dandruff case, problem or is it a dandruff shampoo problem? I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, you know, in any case, having guys in China, um, you know, that know how to, you know, uh, help with the water problem, I think can't be bad. Um, they... Uh, I think it's a cheap company, 2.7% yield, price increases, cheap on cash flow, very little debt. I don't know much about it, so I'd look into it a little bit. I don't own it. It's now on my to-do list. And then finally, I got one more here, which is good because I have, according to my computer, I've got 17 minutes remaining, and I don't have a charger. So let's see, HB Fuller, ticker FUL, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before. These guys are also getting price increases. What do they do? They make adhesive, sealants, coatings, paints, and other specialty chemical products. And, uh, you know, this pops up sometimes. Dimensional Fund Advisors owns 5%. These people are quant geniuses with a value bent. So I like seeing that. A lot of homework's been done. Um, they have 21% uh, debt to cap. 
it's not covered all that well, you know, four times. That makes me a little nervous. But I'm seeing a trend of improving margin, uh, improving returns on capital, not great. The thing that gets me interested is that they are trading at eight times cash flow, ten times free cash flow. That's 10% return on cash. And according to Value Line, they're growing earnings at 13%. Um, you know, I'm just, I haven't worked on this very much, but they're going to get some uh, raw material price declines, and it appears that uh, they've got a couple businesses that are in enjoying uh, price increases. That's going to lead to margin improvement, cheap stock, dimensional fund, you know, I don't know a lot about it. Um, okay, so this week, what do we have? My favorite one is probably this Arch Chemical, A-R-J. And then Sherwin-Williams, I think you can't go wrong. You can put that in grandma's portfolio. Uh, the housing problem doesn't affect them, really. People will do more remodeling of their own home. And then finally, Avery Dennison's kind of a long-term put-away, A-quality company. And H.P. Fuller, I'm kind of sorry I talked about it now, actually. So that's <laughs> well, I think I, you're, I think you're right about Sherwin-Williams, but... Um... Uh, I don't think you're right about people doing more to their homes um, because of what's going on in the residential market. But it, you don't have to have that for it to work, right? Well, I've, uh, I've got correlations. Statistically, it, it shows up. But uh, it may be, uh, those may be uh, spurious results. I, I'd agree. But anyway, uh, what's your favorite, Vern? Um. You know, I don't know if I had a favorite. I, it would have been uh, one of the, you know, one of the coal stocks. They were yeah. sort of a package. They weren't a, it wasn't a menu. It was a uh, portfolio. Okay. Well, listen, everybody. Thanks for being with the Value Guys this week. We're going to pretty to great lengths to bring you the show. Visit our website www.thevalueguys.com. Leave your comments there if you if you'd like, and uh, fill out our survey. We send you a free gift if you do. And that's all this week from the Value Guys. Thanks, everybody.